Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massingale, and we've got Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. And we're all calling in from our house studios. And I uh, want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening. But, man, it is uh, – we're excited. We have a fantastic show. We've got racing back in action with NASCAR going on. And uh, we've got two fantastic guests. Because Jonathan did an interview with Formula Two driver Juan Manuel Correa, the only, really the highest, closest to a, a Formula One in American is right now. And Les, you invited Shay Holbrook, and she's got some exciting news. She's oh man, she has got some great stuff going on. You know, we've been following the Global MX Five series coming up. It's uh, turned a lot more serious uh, in the past year, and so Shay's going to get us caught up on that. Talk about her new team. Yeah, we're excited about that. Not to mention, there was a little bit of Formula One driver activity in the last week. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And in fact, uh, that's where I want to start tonight because Sebastian Vettel, we have been saying it for a couple of years now on our SiriusXM Formula One shows, but that he has just not looked like the Vettel of old. And he is now out at Ferrari for 2021. And the dominoes quickly began to fall. Jonathan, I want to get your take on all this first. I have to be honest. I wasn't surprised after the year that uh, Vettel had last year. And it's soon forgotten with the COVID and everything else. Um, he did have a terrible year. I mean, fifth was his worst finish in the World Championship in years. And Leclerc looked him look, made, it, made him look very ordinary. You could see that the politics were building. Uh, Leclerc getting a five-year deal with Ferrari. Ferrari have always had a number one driver and a number two driver, and they voted quite quite clearly to say, sorry, you're not part of our, our, our long-term plans. And so that side of it wasn't a surprise. Now, the rest absolutely <laughs> was, because the, the dominoes, as you say, as to who would, who would join um, and what would happen next, that I didn't expect. Yeah, and you know, let's stay on the Vettel story a little bit because, uh, you know, like you said, Ferrari has always had a number one and number two, and they with the way Leclerc was last last year, I mean, I started to wonder was is he that good? But I really think he he really is that good, and the mistakes that Vettel made, 
I mean, there were they were numerous, really. Yeah. I mean, it, it got to the point where you started to expect it. Well, and that was one of the things I watched as the season went on. You know, it was one thing to to look out there uh, and see Vettel having problems, but as the season went on and he saw Leclerc staying up there and staying consistent in a car that you know is as good as Vettel's and him delivering it. You know, Vettel tried making some excuses, but I just couldn't be in Vettel's camp with uh, Leclerc delivering, delivering in the same car. Yeah. And I also think that, to be honest, I think Seb's, you know, he had an amazing run with Red Bull, and I don't think he's been happy ever since. Um, uh, you know, he's he's a real thinking man's driver. He's not like Hamilton, uh, and nor is, he's more like Rosberg, which is, uh, you know, he, I think he'll find himself doing lots of other things. He's a collector. He, he loves the history of motorsport. I think he'll stick around motorsport. I think he might try something completely different, um, not from motorsport, but a completely different form of motorsport. Uh, and, and we might find him in some sort of, uh, you know, role uh, in the motorsport business because I think uh, his love of the sport has never died. But, uh, you know, I think I think in, in fighting and not being able to win every weekend um, and, and actually made to look ordinary by a teammate and that pressure in the Ferrari cauldron, not worth not worth his time. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what potentially could happen to Vettel, but let, we got to fill in the blanks now. So after Vettel is announced leaving Ferrari, we now have Carlos Sainz moving from McLaren to Ferrari, and now that domino fell, and now Daniel Ricciardo joins Lando Norris over at McLaren, which from a fun standpoint, that's going to be off the charts, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. But now Carlos Sainz, and obviously he had a, you know, his podium last year was really what one of the most exciting moments of all of last year. And with all of that being said, where else does this leave options for Vettel? I mean, I don't, I don't really see great options anywhere. In oh, I've got one. that covered already. Oh. I've got that covered already. Come on then, boss. Vettel, Vettel is going home to his garage <laughs> and he's going to work on his classic motorcycles. Yep. <laughs> That could be, He's yeah. got a collection. He's been building them silently. And it's interesting because I found some articles out there. And uh, he really is becoming enamored with the classic motorcycles. And that's where he apparently he spends a lot of his time now. Mm. So I'm thinking, hey, I got enough to build a great fleet. And, and that's halfway tongue in cheek. But honestly, what more is he wanting to do with what's available to him? It is, you know, the honest business answer. It's. Gosh, I don't, I don't know where else he's going to go. Mercedes isn't going to change hands anytime soon. What do you think, Jonathan? I, well, it's interesting you say that. I just saw a headline on Crash.net Twitter just, just before we went to air saying 2021, um, Botas to be removed by Vettel. Um, Vettel taking a year out, similar to what Mansell did and Prost did um, back in the day. And, I, you know, I think it's a bit of a dream. Um, his actual real options are Renault, um, which I can't see, um, and where else? Um, I don't see it, to be honest. I really don't. Um, I think, just to go back to the other one, I think um, Sainz as the teammate uh, to Leclerc is an interesting one because there's no question in terms of experience um, and uh, you know, sort of level 
Sainz is below Leclerc at the moment uh, and doesn't have the experience. But boy, is he a very quick second. And we haven't seen the best of Carlos Sainz yet. I think um, his performances against Lando show how good Lando is, but I also think how good Sainz is. The combination of Ricardo and Lando, I think, is even better because you're right. They're going to be a fun, fun group. But I think they'll be highly competitive. And I think Lando will bring Ricardo to his best. And Ricardo will have to fight like hell to be the number one in that team, uh, despite their ages. Yeah, I don't argue with that. Unless you had a look on your face. You disagree? No, I don't. I think uh, McLaren's going to be a very interesting team dynamic to watch. Um, Ricardo is so likable, and his fan base is particularly strong, and they follow him from team to team. And, you know, in the paddock, he's one of the nicest guys to everyone. I mean, last year, walking through the paddock here at Coda, uh, I introduced him to, to a young kid who's actual is named after Jensen Button. His name's Jensen. <laughs> Ricardo stopped and stopped the world to meet this kid. And that's not unique. He's done that several times as we've watched him. Even the first time you guys ran into him uh, in the paddock, the first time the announcement was made. I think yeah. there's a lot of following for him. I think what people, what you see with Daniel Ricardo is what you get. He's absolutely that way. And there's no pretense. I know any driver when they see a kid, that's good PR, but that's that's him. That is his natural personality. I remember meeting him way back when he was still Toro Rosso and he was the same guy, maybe not quite as confident, but he was still a super nice guy. You know, you remember he stopped and talked to our intern, did an interview with her. And so he's always been that okay, way. Okay, there's so. multiple reasons there. But well, there yeah, was yeah. Camera there. <laughs> there was no camera for this little kid. So he was just yeah. generally stopping to talk to Jensen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know, with a name like Ricardo, he has Italian heritage and he also runs a kart team in Italy. Um, so I think there was a lot of desire maybe from him to go to Ferrari. Um, but I don't think it would have been a match made in heaven. And I think the politics would have been tough. And I think um, I'd like to see him at Ferrari, but not while Leclerc's there. And therefore, I don't see it. All right, guys. Well, hey, we, we got to go to a break in a second. But before we do, I, I'm going to touch on the NASCAR first because we'll have some more time later in the show to talk NASCAR. But what I, I just want to touch on, and Jonathan, I know you pretty much watched that start to finish. I had to go into parts of it. But I thought it was really interesting how much they focused on dealing with the COVID side of this story. Everything from the, the, you know, the number of cars, the number of races, everything was fascinating. Yeah, and I thought it was great that the doctor that um, Denny um, sort of thanked afterwards, he knows personally, uh, and it was great because it, it felt like it wasn't just in a name. It wasn't, oh, here's, here's the Heroes 400. It, it, it did feel right. I, I felt they were very responsible. I liked the production. I think they did a good job. They looked sociably uh, responsible. They made sure of that. They showed us behind the scenes so that we could see that it wasn't just, hey, let's all go back to work and let's be the first. Um, so it was an important day for motorsport today. And I don't mean that to sound dramatic. I mean it to sound for real. No. Um, we've all been waiting for this day. And we've just been shown by one of the most um, professionally based uh, championships that it can be done. Obviously, there's going to be fallout if, if things go wrong or drivers get sick, especially because you can't hide the drivers. You might be able to send a, a mechanic home. But um, 
I, I, I don't see it. I th- it looked to me as though there was a very responsible way to do it. Operationally, you know, I think they did. Uh, we'll find out how effective the mask management was. Uh, as I watched through it, I purposely was looking at the background, seeing if I caught anybody without a mask. 100% compliance in mask. Uh, who knows what their hygiene was, how often they were washing hands and things throughout the day. So, uh, but kudos for NASCAR. I hope it is successful. I guess we'll know in about 14 days uh, how that came out. But uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to see motorsports again. But uh, I'm a little apprehensive and a little squeamish about crowds right now well, myself. They, they have taken the plunge because they're literally going to be racing every three days. So, you know, if this experiment doesn't work, we're soon going to find out. You know, and Jonathan, you and I talked about this earlier in the day. I, I think it was appropriate that NASCAR was the taking the first plunge. Just if you think about this from all angles, the, the, the audience, the political a little bit, all of that. And I, I, I think... I'm excited to see them racing, of course, and it looked like they were doing the right way. And I, I'm, you know, the world has got to start at some point, get back going. And I, I'm, I'm glad they did it. I'm very cautious. I'm personally incredibly cautious. I don't get out, but I'm glad they did it. And I'm excited to see it going. But guys, we got to take a break. But when we come back, very excited, Jonathan. We did this. Jonathan did this interview with Juan Manuel Correa, talking about the horrific accident he had and the road back. It's a really exciting interview. Stick with us through the break. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk 1370.
My name is Christina Nelson, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Jonathan, introduce this video that you did, what, yesterday, right? Yes. Uh, one Manuel Correa is an American racing driver. Um, as you can hear from the name, he's got a South American heritage from Ecuador. Um, I met him at the Toyota Racing Series. He's a 21-year-old uh, on the way to Formula One. He's done very well so far. Uh, and he's racing for Chariot's uh, racing team. And he was sadly involved in the incident with Anton Hubert when Anton lost his um, life during that incident. So that's the story we all know. The other story is Juan Manuel's uh, crash um, broke both his legs and he had to have an induced coma um, because of complications to his injuries. And he's been on the comeback and he's been doing some e-racing um, in single seaters. Uh, but on Saturday, he joined Trans Am, which was delightful for us. Uh, and afterwards, I got, a I got a chance to talk to him um, about uh, his experience and a little bit about uh, his rehab and how he's getting on. And this is what he had to tell me. Well, thank you for having me, Jonathan. It was uh, definitely something different. Um, but I must say, I enjoyed it very much. And um, I, I surprised myself a bit with how competitive I was, you know. I, I didn't do much practice. Yesterday, I had some issues with, with a sim, so I couldn't practice at all. So I actually did maybe... 20 laps before quali and I put it P5 and in the races the, the pace was quite okay as well but I must say you know it, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and what's incredible to me is that it actually gives me the sensation of adrenaline that a, a real car would in, in a way so it's uh, very nice. So let's talk a little bit about uh, for those of you who don't know we met uh, during the Toyota racing series and as I mentioned at the top there you are one of the young Americans aspiring to make it into Formula One you've been racing in Europe uh, and you made it up to the dizzy heights of Formula 2. Tell us a little bit about your background, first and foremost. Yeah, so I, uh, I was born in Ecuador, uh, but my dad is American, and I, we live in Miami, actually. Um, and I was racing originally here in the U.S. That's kind of where my karting career took over. Then I went over to Europe, raced go-karts there for a couple of years, and then I went up the ladder um, of Formula 4, GP3, and eventually making it up to F2. So actually, when I met you in, in New Zealand, I was about to start my second season in GP3. So that was a couple of years ago. Um, after that season in GP3 in 2018, I actually made the switch to F2, which was a bit of a, of a gamble because I was the driver with one of the youngest ones and with the least experience of the whole field. Uh, but actually, I did quite well in, 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 in the season last year until obviously I, I had the crash and that kind of stopped uh, my whole world for, for a few months. And that's where I'm at right now, you know, with the rehab and just trying to get back into it. When we know your story, if you cover Formula One and Formula Two and Formula Three, we obviously know your story and it's, a, it's, a, it's a, been a big story in motor racing, as we all know. Um, and I'm sure you've done this a few times, but for our Trans Am viewers, tell us a little bit about what happened at Spa. Uh, and how it has put your career on hold for now. Um, but obviously, it's great to see you back. Um, but tell us, first and foremost, what happened at Spa? Yeah, so basically, there, it was a big crash. Um, there were like three or four cars involved. I was um, one of the last cars to, to, to be involved. But unfortunately, I, I was the one that, that brought the biggest hit into the crash. So... Um, 
a car spun out in front. Uh, then Antoine Hubert tried to avoid him, ended up clipping the car, going into the wall. And while all of this was happening, I was coming up the hill. Um, it, it, this was in, in Orush, going up Orush in, in Spa. And many people are familiar with that corner. Um, and as soon as I reached the top of the hill, some debris flipped my front wing. My front wing went under my car. So I lost control of the front tires and just went straight in into a T-bone uh, crash with uh, Antoine's car. Um, unfortunately, Antoine passed away right, right that second. Um, and I nearly lost my legs. So my, my, whole, my whole tub of the car was broken in half. You know, my legs were fully exposed. Um, very similar to the Sanardi incident uh, many years ago. Um, and yeah, from injury point of view, I, I had a lot of injuries, but the, the main thing were my legs, especially the right one. I was uh, very close to losing the leg. And uh, if, if you want, I can show you what, what it looks like right now. So but Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us what, tell, just show, show us me what we're looking at. So what happened was I broke the leg here in the tibia. But uh, the impact was so big that the broken bone um, disintegrated. So I actually lost nearly 10 centimeters of bone. Yeah, so I had a big gap. So with this uh, device, they were able to grow new bone amazingly. So they cut the bone in a healthy part and then they stretch it out from that, that part onwards. Um, so now I actually, I regrew the 10 centimeters. And I'm just waiting for, for the new bone to become hard enough to, to stand my own weight now. So it's been a long process and it's still a long process to go with a lot of rehab. And um, I've had, to be honest, I, I don't know how many surgeries, more 15 or more surgeries so far. And I would say probably another eight surgeries to go and then probably one more year of, of rehab. Now, I don't want to get into the, the, the gruesomeness of it, but I, I did uh, watch a video where you described how Throughout all of that incident, you were conscious, uh, and that must have been, I, I don't know, in some ways, um, you know, you racing drivers are a, a different breed. You probably preferred to be conscious because you were aware of what was going on, um, but they then, then put you into an induced coma, uh, which you were in for three weeks. Um, and there had been talk during that time, because I kept a watch on it, knowing you, um, of amputation. Um, tell me about how you managed to um, talk to the doctors and, and see if you could save it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was conscious, but to be honest, I would have much rather be unconscious <laughs> because of, of the pain I, I was going through. Um, that, was, that was very scary. And, um, yeah, I, I actually didn't go into the coma immediately after the crash. So I, I woke up the next day in the hospital after the crash, after the first few surgeries I had. Um, and the coma came like three days later, and it was due to um, an injury I, I got in my lungs because of the G-force. So it was a totally separate thing. Um, and that's when I went into the coma. It was two weeks, 15 or 16 days. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, when, when I woke up from the coma, um, that's when I, I, just, I had to make the decision, you know, with, with the doctors. Obviously, it took me a couple of days to kind of regain consciousness after a coma because of all the drugs they put you in to, to be in that state. Um, when you wake up, you're, you're out of it pretty much for like four or five days. So once I kind of regained my, my, my mind, uh, it was a serious discussion we had to have, you know, and they were pretty forward about it. They told me, you know, the, the, the leg is, is 
destroyed. You know, it, it's on the on the edge of of having to cut it off, and we can either try to to save it, but first of all, the surgery was going to be very long and very risky uh, because I had been in the coma because of my lungs. So I actually had a, a risk of dying during the surgery. Or the other option was to do a short surgery and just do a reconstructive amputation, which was the easy way out. And probably I would have been walking a few months later with a prosthesis. So, you know, I, I obviously, for me, was, was an easy decision to try to save it. Because I'm, I'm always like this, you know, I, I'm a fighter and I was like, let's do it. And um, thank God up till now, everything has gone like, like we planned even better that the recovery has been slightly faster than we anticipated. So it, it seems like it's working out. And, you know, we obviously followed Robert Kubica's uh, comeback to Formula One and ligaments was the big thing with him was whether we was able to, you know, get the strength in, in his arm. Where, where are you likely to end up with your leg? And can you, I mean, what kind of percentage are you, you know, hoping to get back to, to normal? Yeah, for me, the main thing is actually the ankle and the cartilage. So that's the big issue uh, I will have in, in the future. Um, because, you know, bone regrows and, and, and it becomes just as good as the bone from before. So that's not going to be an issue. But uh, my ankle broke in, in a, quite a few pieces. And there is obviously cartilage damage that comes with that. So um, it's difficult to tell. It's difficult to tell. At, at the beginning, the doctors told me Probably my ankle will not move at all ever again. So I will need to have a, a fusion of, of the ankle. But it already moves uh, much more than they told me it, it will never move. So <laughs> you know, I'm optimist, uh, optimistic and, you know, it, it's useless for me to sit here and say this is how it's going to end up because you never know. You just have to believe in the best. Uh, I'm doing the, the most I can to get it to that stage. But one thing is for sure, and that's that I can, I'm going to be able to drive again with or without ankle. You know, I mean, you have people like Billy Munger driving without two legs. I, I am sure going to be able to drive again. So that's definitely something that has um, kept my spirits up for, for this whole time. That's kind of my big motivation at the moment to, to come back. I get real solace uh, for you and another man recovering in motor racing, Robert Wickens. Uh, to see you guys taking to the Sims and effectively getting back in, in the public eye. Um, how important for you personally and psychologically has it been to, to be able to do something in, in racing that uh, gets you back in a seat? Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been important. And, and, you know, it's been a, a nice commodity to have. Um, it's not a must in the recovery, but, you know, uh, for me, the, the, main, um, the main challenge with the sim racing was obviously that I cannot use my right leg. So it was kind of working around that. Um, uh, I found that the best thing for me is to just use the left leg for both throttle and braking. So that's how I'm driving now. Um, and everyone kind of finds their own, like Robert, he gets the brake with a, a paddle and, you know, everyone kind of does it their own way. Um, and, and to be fair, I, I hate to say it, but this, this virus at the moment, in a way, something positive for us because it just buys us time, you know? Uh, at least for me, I feel like it would have been much harder mentally to, to watch all my colleagues continue their paths in F2, probably some of them making it into F1 where I would have wanted to be while I was here sitting on the, on the sidelines. So at the moment, I'm just kind of using this break from 
from real life, which we're all going through, and just using it to push as much as I can with, uh, with the rehab and, and trying to get ahead. Obviously, the drive to survive has been huge uh, in America for Formula One. And I think it's brought in a lot of mainstream fans uh, to Netflix that have never really followed or looked at Formula One. And it's, it, it's creating quite a few new fans. Now, there's an F2 series uh, coming out called Chasing the Dream, which you'll be in. Um, do you think it'll have the same sort of impact that we'll get to know some of these drivers a little bit better uh, because we're getting to you know, learn about them and it's not just about the racing? Well, I, I certainly hope so. You know, the, the only uh, issue there is that it's not going to be streamed in a platform like Netflix. Um, but hopefully in, in the future, um, they can do that as well. Because, you know, when you watch Drive to Survive and all the drama that goes on and, and what makes that documentary so good, you can have the same content uh, taken from an F2 season because basically the same things go on. And there's just as much, if not more, drama and, and, and things happening, you know. So uh, it, it would definitely be, be very cool if they could do a, a, a documentary, a proper full-season documentary of F2 in the style of Drive to Survive. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for people to watch the, this new F2 documentary. I've seen it already. Um, it's very well done. It talks a lot about the crash as well. So for people that don't know really what happened, it's, it's good if they can watch that and understand. So, and yeah, it, the most important thing for, for F1 and, and that enterprise as a whole is to make new, fun, new fans, like you said. And definitely I see a big difference, you know, friends of mine here in, in Miami, for example, that back then, you know, a couple of years ago, had no idea what F1 was. And now they see the series and they think they know everything about it and they're mega fans. So it's pretty cool. It's nice to see. And any more, more rumors about the potential of a race in Miami? I know they've been trying. Yeah, yeah. It's a work in progress. It is a work in progress. At the moment, they're thinking about doing it in the Hard Rock Stadium, so a bit up north. The, the plan to do it in downtown, it's definitely off the table. It would have been too much of a hassle um, for the whole city. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in favor of, of there being one, even if it's a little bit up north because it would be a home race for me. And uh, in general, I think it would be an amazing race for the series. Jonathan, nicely done. I like the fact that yeah. you got in the question about Miami too. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. You know, I've, that really bothered me that the citizen, the downtown of Miami is not going to, they're going to, they're not going to have a race because of, of two hours of noise or, or traffic. I mean, come on, it's an, it's a Formula one race in your city. Come on guys. Yeah, watch the pressure build if Juan Manuel makes it to Formula One and we've got an actual Formula One driver uh, from Miami. <laughs> yeah, they might change your tune. All right, guys, we got to go straight to break because when we come back, we have another guest on the phone going to be live. Shay Holbrook is going to join us. You listen to Speed City live in Austin after a quick break. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. 
You won't find any chemicals or additives. Only water, malt, hops, and yeast. And absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company, born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We're back in motorsports action with NASCAR on television, right? I just finished up a little while ago. That was awesome. And we're talking a little Formula One and Formula Two, but now we're going to shift gears. Les, why don't you introduce our next guest? Hey, Shay Holbrook is uh, one of my favorite drivers to meet in the paddock around the sports cars. She is She has done it all around the sports cars. She's moving over to the Global MX-5 group, has a team that she's working with. She's got a couple of new uh, teammates. One's a crew member. I hear uh, the crew member is primarily providing organic lube. We're going to ask her who that is and hear all about that. Shay, welcome back to Speed City. Guys, it's always awesome to be on, and it's been a little while, so thanks for having me back. It is. Hey, I first got to ask about this new crew member in charge of organic lubes that uh, you're, you've got in your own home. <laughs> well, she's um, little teeny and mighty. And let me tell you, she came out of me with amazing neck strength. So she might be a future race car driver. But for now, she's um, my assistant. And I, it's very hard to get things done with her because she's just so cute. My new little daughter, my new favorite toy, Olivia Marie, came into the world on April Fool's Day, and she was oh. about uh, eleven days early. So she, the joke was on us for sure. 
Yeah. I saw that message and I was like, this is kind of early, but uh, hey, welcome, Olivia. Congrats <laughs> yeah. to you and Papa. Thank you. It's awesome. We love being parents. It's great. Yeah, congratulations. Hey, so, That's fantastic. So also, let's hear about you getting behind the wheel again. Tell us what you got going on. So I'm I'm really excited because, you know, becoming a mom and starting this new chapter in my life, like, you know, I've dedicated virtually the last 15 years of my life to motorsports and motorsports has, you know, provided me a really prosperous life and uh, both behind the wheel and in the media and um, running a business. And so, of course, there's a little bit of hesitancy, like what's going to happen, you know, post baby. And, um, luckily I've been able to find myself involved in a new effort, a new team called Maverick that I've teamed up with a gentleman named Brian Hickson, who's the team owner. Um, I'm the team manager at Maverick and we started a global MX five cup effort. We actually have three cars, three chassis and two full-time drivers this year, Brian being one of them. And then Justin Piscatel, who's hopefully going to be joining us as well, if not listening in. Um, Justin's well-known in the Mazda paddock and in the Global MX-5 Cup paddock. I mean, the kids, like, kid, he's my age. I mean, we're we're still kids, right? <laughs> like, we're always kids. <laughs> um, you know, he's done so well in his career. I mean, he has, I think, like, I think it was, like, seven, you know, qualifying on the front row in ST races and EMSA um, has won various races. And actually with this pandemic going on, you know, how do you go racing when you can't physically go racing? And he's been actually, uh, doing the iRacing E-Series for the global MX-5 cup and doing well. And it's funny cause it's like, all right, let's see how, you know, some virtual racing is going to like stack up to some real racing. And, um, we did hear some murmurs that global MX-5 cup is going to release their 2020 schedule here shortly. We got a tentative schedule. I probably can't talk much about it, but it's a full schedule. And um, I'm really excited to get back to the track. Although I won't be driving, at least right now, um, I'll definitely be at the track with my assistant, Olivia, with this new, um, this new team effort called Maverick, which I'm so proud to be a part of. That's wonderful. We've been talking about the Global MX-5 cup and how challenging and how serious it is and and for that matter when you get serious names as such as yourself involved in this that's when everybody starts to really respect a new racing series uh like i said we've seen this coming on and uh, i think it's going to be great for you so who are some of the things or, or let me say what are some of the things that is drawing competitive drivers such as you into this group well so for me, I mean, like the Global MX-5 Cup Series, it's a spec series, so it's always been extremely competitive. Um, a lot of the drivers, you know, the top five ranking drivers that have come out of these championships, especially the drivers that have won the championships, have gone on to some very prosperous careers. Um, but in the world of professional racing, you know, it's it's difficult to find venues to actually be able to walk home winning a purse. And at the Global MX-5 Cup, there's $200,000 up for grabs for the championship winner. So that's obviously pretty appetizing to a lot of young drivers wow. as well that are looking to, you know, not just financially, you know, continue their careers, but 
trying to get on kind of like the Mazda train and moving up the ladder into the next position. Um, in particular at the Global MX-5 Cup, you can take that money and put it back into reinvesting in yourself in that series. You, as a team, can reinvest in cars and assets. Um, or as a driver, you can, you know, invest that into your future, um, into potentially like TCR with Mazda and so forth. So I think that's really appetizing. Um, but the racing is just freaking good. Um, <laughs> I've personally wanted to, you know, be able to move over to the global MX five cup paddock for a long time now, just because it's just hard to beat. I mean, I have so many friends that have had such success and, so to be able to bring um, Brian Hickson and Justin Piscatel over, and, and Piscatel is, you know, he's a well-known name in the paddock. He's not just an excellent racing driver, but he's a phenomenal coach. So, of course, we, you know, hope to continue to grow our team um, in the future and bring in, you know, some more customer base. And at the end of the day, like, we just want to have fun and do well at what we're doing. And I'm so lucky because I was able to be put in a position to put – you know, the, the right people in place. And so we're working with a gentleman named Jason Hoover, who is a very well named, well known name in the Mazda world. And, um, I think when people found out that we had some like key people behind the program, um, I think they were like, Whoa, I think we got their attention and to name, I was able, you know, we didn't want to call it Shea racing because, you know, this is so much bigger than, you know, than, this isn't about my career. This is about the career of other people. And, um, and also, you know, for me, it's just this great outlet to continue my career, you know, potentially behind the wheel at times, but certainly, you know, exterior to that. And this is about being able to have fun, grow the team, have successes, um, help build people's careers and launch them into the next stepping stone. And, um, and both with both of our drivers, we feel like we have the ability to do that. And, they gave me the liberty of naming the team and maybe on like social media accounts. And if you, if you guys, if people that know me know that I, I love the term being a maverick and I find that, you know, being a maverick is a mental mindset. And so uh, I've always wanted to rename Shea racing actually maverick. And uh, this gave us the, the launching point to do that. So pun intended. Um, and you can better, and you better believe we're going to uh, where the whole team is going to have to go see the new top gun when that releases <laughs> <laughs> Don't Social you, distancing, Jay, Jay, to me you've always been a maverick anyway uh whatever you're racing whether it's the w series f4 f3 whatever um shay i gotta ask you and i was thinking about this today knowing you were coming on i'd love to get your perspective on formula one uh and what's just happened to vettel uh you've had some time yeah. off and i'm sure you've been watching the news what what's your take on on the, the swings and roundabouts and also on Vettel, you know, just on Vettel alone. Yeah, I, um, you know, I actually have to say, even though uh, we have a lot of time on our hands, quarantine, when you have a newborn baby, not always do you have as much time as you anticipate and think, but I certainly heard the news about Vettel. <laughs> I, I mean, know. I think probably, what's that? No, no, I, I don't have any kids. So yeah, I'm the one, I'm the one watching <laughs> it's a lot TV. of work. Okay. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's a full-time job in itself. But, um, I mean, who knows what was going on behind the scenes. I mean, I certainly didn't see it coming. Um, the announcement was quite the shock. It will be very interesting. I mean, right now with, in the world that we're living in currently, there's a lot of things that are being juggled and balls that are constantly being moved. And I mean, back to like our global MX five cup schedule. I mean, if I could tell you how many times I've had to cancel reschedule, 
people rebook things. Um, it's affected a lot, a lot of, you know, our industry and, um, you know, of course the Vettel thing is much more behind closed doors, but I, I couldn't speak to the matter. I, I, ha- I don't really have, listen, I might've hung out with DC, David Coulter at the W series. And I'm, I'm, you know, I know it's, you know, you guys think I'm a big deal, but I'm just the girl next door still. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have any inside scoop, <laughs> but I certainly, I wish, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in those meetings for sure. Hey, I got to ask you, uh, you know, my my first try, time around Circuit of the Americas was as a passenger in a Mazda MX-5. And I'll have to admit, when it got when it got to be my turn, I was like, OK, this is going to be cool, but is, it's going to be in a Miata. I thought oh, I wanted something with some just some power. Well, I changed my tune, I think, at the about 15 seconds in after the first corner, because I had not experienced G-forces like that, and it was phenomenal. And and uh, so that's a serious race car you guys are talking about. But but I want to ask you, what circuits are you guys going to go to? So it looks like there's going to still be um, circuits that were already announced that were on this uh, on the schedule. Uh, I believe we're still going to Road America, Laguna Seca, Portland, um, Mid Ohio. Um, our, our series primarily follows uh, the IndyCar circuit, so we're still going to several IndyCar events. Um, gosh, I don't know if I'm spilling the bill. I, I got to be careful about what I say because it hasn't been 100% announced. <laughs> There's another street course that we're going to. I don't know if that's been announced yet, um, but you can just take some guesses on that. Uh, sadly, though, I don't believe we're going to Circuit of the Americas at this point because it, that schedule uh, or that that date for the race has already passed. Um, that was at the end of April, so I'm not sure if that's going to be returning, which is definitely devastating because you know to be at such a you know a pioneering you know I mean listen, everything's bigger and better in Texas, baby. So of course it's going <laughs> to be a good race, and there's been some great you know action and drama in the Global MS5 Cup there and. Um, so certainly, you know, we, we would love to return, but, um, who knows, who knows, we'll, we'll have to see exactly what the schedule kind of comes out to, to shake out to be. Hey, speaking of female drivers, I saw the W series announced their new esports series. Did you see that Shay? I did see that. Any take on that? What do you think? (laughs) Um, so I, I can't, you're going to make me spill more beans. I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to say things. Um, oh, come on. It's just so Jonathan's mom listening. So I think it's fantastic. I mean, listen, you know, if anything, I got to say like in a world where we can't physically go racing right this very moment in time, um, as a racing driver, you got to stay sharp. And this is a great way to keep your competitive edge, stay sharp, um, compete against the women that you, you will be competing against when we get back to it. Um, I think it's great to grow the sport. I know some people are hating on some of the esports, but this can be a better time to get more people tuned in and involved in supporting their drivers, manufacturers, sponsors, etc., and getting more eyeballs on on our sport. And um, you know, for those that that are on sims a lot are going to do well for those that aren't on rigs often are going to probably struggle because what is virtual reality doesn't always pair up you know apples to apples to what's actually on track um i i can't wait to watch some of the w series action i'll certainly be tuning in um i may or may not be participating in maybe one or two races uh (laughs) i would love to i'm i'm 
you know, I'm definitely, I have a full plate over here with, with Maverick racing at global MX five cup and having a new baby, but, uh, I certainly would like to put some gloves on, even if it's for virtual. So we'll see. Hey, I want to talk about virtual some more because I stumbled across some of the NBA online, the NBA gaming. And I was like, and I'm an NBA fan, but I saw the yeah. gaming and it was like, I had, it did nothing for me, but I think about <laughs> it. You, tell me your take as a race driver. I think so, about esports. I think in order to make it um, a view, like a, like a fan from, from a fan's perspective, the commentating has to be good. And the commentating for Global MX5 Cup has been awesome on iRacing. The past two races, uh, it, it makes it feel extremely live. As a matter of fact, you have a, as a fan, you can, you can see and watch more. Um, so I've, I've thoroughly in, in, like enjoyed, you know, in, the entertainment value out of it. I think the entertainment's fantastic. And then also it gives you a different perspective because you can see more vantage points. Um, so the announcers even have more at times to talk about. Uh, of course, there are some people that don't quite realize um, how real life it can be and that there's, you know, penalties and, and you know, um, even though it's a spec series, you are still allowed to make, you know, some setup adjustments and not everybody's rigs, you know, the simulators themselves, not everybody's rig is exactly identical. So, you know, there's some differences there, um, you know, which won't always be apples to apples. Um, like Justin and I were talking just last week about how, he got on the phone with a couple buddies that he raced against and they were talking the differences and whether they're using, um, you know, just like actual like screens versus, um, headsets. And, and then like the W series, what's really unique about the W series is every single rig will be exactly the same. Like all the girls are getting shipped the exact same rig to oh. make it as fair as possible. So that's really quite unique as well. Um, but I, I, I really quite like it. And I think it all comes down to entertainment value. And if the announce, if the announcing's good, the competition's good. And then also getting some good names racing. And um, they've taken, I mean, a good buddy, Patrick Gallagher, he won a few years back the Global MX5 Cup. He's at the top of the standings right now in the virtual series. So it's, it's, I think it's very fun to watch. And you, and you have the ability to just watch from your phone. So I hope it's something that also sticks. You know, Shay, you talk about the commentators make it entertaining. So do the racer commentators on their Twitch feed. At that, Connor yeah. Daly in particular, Lando <laughs> Norris, Connor Daly, uh, those, especially Connor, honest, in my opinion, he's fantastic yeah. to listen to <laughs> while he's racing and, and, and adds yeah. a lot. Con Connor's an entertaining uh, bud, that's for sure. He's a, he's a good <laughs> dude. And, you know, and Connor's just like, like he's people at the end of the day, like, they want every we're all human and whether you're a formula one driver or you're a global mx5 cup driver or an indy car driver whatever you know you drive seca okay um everybody just wants to find something that's that they can relate to that's relatable and um and he's one of those personalities as well as like my my buddy justin piscatello who's racing with us like relatable people that are really good at what they do and um and share that experience with with everyone yeah, and you know, you talked about the rigs. Connor's rig is hilarious, but uh, but also the 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 internet. Connor's the reason they ship out standard rigs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but also the internet connection. Everybody, all the way up into the Formula One drivers, like Lando Norris, has had trouble with his connection and the latency. You know, my son's a big gamer, so I've learned a little bit about all that. But so there's so many variables in that. But but I still think 
that unlike what I watched on the NBA the other night, is that a lot of the skills that make you a great race driver can also make you a great gamer, reflexes and focus oh, yeah. and all those things. Oh yeah, we would be in big trouble if if we opened up professional races to some of the guys and gals that stay home and, and sim all day long because there are some extremely good gamers out, out there that could whoop on some professional racing drivers because it's it all it's also a little bit of a different skill set. So um you know, I don't, I don't have a sim at my house, so I don't sim all the time. And, you know, in order to be, you know, really good and go, you know, apples to apples with some of these guys and gals, like I would have to spend some more time on it. So you bet, uh, listen, I'm giving myself a little buffer. Okay. If I, <laughs> I've been a little busy and I don't have a house. So if I jump on something, and I'm not as good as everybody wants me to be. Just give me a break. I'm a mom now. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Jay, hey, it's been great getting caught up with you. We uh, we miss you around Coda. Come back when you can. We we might have a seat. You can sit in my place next to the microphone if needed, and uh, hey, bring your new uh, crew member. But Shay, right. best wishes. Show, uh, congrats you to you and Nick. Congrats <laughs> to you and Nick uh, with Olivia. Fantastic. Keep things going and uh, stay in touch. We'll be following Maverick Racing all year. Will do. Thanks, guys. Always nice talking to you. Thanks Bye, a lot, Jeff. Shay. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take our last break. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. Back after a quick break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiasts looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. That was nice hearing Jeff Gordon on the microphone. He did a pretty good job, didn't he, on NASCAR? No question. I think we're in a golden <laughs> era for commentary uh, pundits uh, in NFL with Tony Romo and with Jeff Gordon. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. Guys that are fresh off the field or fresh from yeah. behind the wheel. But hey, yes, we got a few more stories. We got a couple minutes left here. I want to start with the one that's directly related here to Austin, Texas. And if you guys recall, about what two months ago, uh, Elon Musk changed his location on Twitter to Austin, Texas, and everybody their head exploded. All the Tesla Rati, and uh, and Tesla everybody was like, oh, it is now. It is now officially. It's okay. a word now. So everybody was speculating. Well, now this has become a lot more than speculation. And they're saying there's a couple of news stories on the AP and everywhere else that are saying that there's the Tesla is going to move their car manufacturing, not one of the gigafactories, but some their actual car manufacturing to Austin, Texas. Apparently, Austin and Tulsa are claimed as the leaders. But last you saw a story on some kind of obscure website that said that and now that everyone else has picked up on that that's saying that Austin is the one. Exactly. Uh, so what's been going on? There are a few things that have been going on. For one, you know, through the uh, COVID thing, a couple of weeks ago, I don't think it's quite two weeks, uh, Elon Musk was told he could not reopen his car factory no matter what he did to maintain safe controls and all those kinds of things. So he got in a, a tiff and threatened that, fine, he's picking up, you know, taking his ball and he's leaving California coming to texas and uh you know no texas tea you know anyway but uh so yeah he's headed this way it sounds like texas and oklahoma were the biggies and you got to realize that's pretty big i mean they're talking uh thousands of employees in that factory they're it's for the model y and also for the truck the cyber truck and so this has a sizable impact I will say that uh, I know of several large facility construction sites going on around Central Texas outside of the immediate Austin and Travis County area. It's a very big hotbed for construction right now. Uh, many of them have started actually during the pandemic and as a result of the pandemic. So there's a lot of speculation. Austin seems to be a sweet spot for companies that are not from around these parts and they're uh, headed this way. So Elon Musk, I think recognizes the technology that's here. He's got SpaceX an hour and a half away. He knows this area well. 
Yeah, tens of thousands of employees. And yes, just like a lot of other companies, Apple and others, well, now we've got Apple, Facebook, Google. I mean, with the technology base in the human assets, it, it's huge here in Austin. So I can easily see why uh, they want to join all the others. But uh, but any other stories, boys? Jonathan, I, I know you had... I just want to mention the fact that, um, you know, you know, if Tesla do come here and they are building new models, they've got a test track that they can hire. Uh, <laughs> and that will be good news to Bobby Epstein and his team. Yeah. Well, you know, true. that that is a uh, that is a bit of a touchy point. A lot of the tracks that are in place will not allow Tesla drivers to run on it uh, for most of the track events. And if you dive into it, the reason is there's not a uh, well-founded base of firefighters and emergency folks oh. that know how to deal with Tesla automobiles. Even our local fire department is, is uh, most local fire departments are somewhat iffy on how to deal with it. And so that's a tender subject for a lot of our, uh, a lot of racetracks, to be quite honest. Hey that's guys, you know, say that, yeah. we forgot because a huge announcement this week, IMSA announced their new schedule and they're going back racing. And I know it's like, I immediately saw lo local companies like More Speeds announced that, hey, they're hiring people now. And so, yeah, it it is, uh, it's it's race season again, boys, soon. I know it's not gonna be the same as before and that we got to used to this new normal, but but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Hey, I gotta mention one tweet. Paul Bryan just tweeted at us a while ago and he said, they they uh, on Fox, they missed a, an advertising opportunity with the masks. They need to be putting logos on those masks. And he's absolutely <laughs> right. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant That'll spot. be fixed by Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll be sending out our Speed City masks soon. That's right. We? All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.